Ladies and gentlemen, we have one football game left in the NFL season. A couple years ago, we may have had two because the Pro Bowl was still a thing, but now they play dodgeball and tug-of-war and paper football. So there is one fo- – not that that wasn't a real football game anyway, so it didn't really count, but we have one football game left in this season. It blows my mind. We're going to have to choose UFL teams, Aiden, and maybe combine the UFL into this Birds vs. Boys podcast a little bit. Hey, you know, we cover the NFL. Maybe we cover a little bit of the UFL, but we had – Two, I would say, one and a half unbelievable games in the championship weekend. Uh, a lot of questionable things happened, a lot of questionable coaching. Um, there yes. are lots of topics around our teams right now in terms of coaching, coordinating, and, and a lot of chit-chatter about heading into free agency um, and and the draft. So we have a lot to get to, even though it's the off season. We had high hopes, Aiden. High <laughs> hopes that one of us would be playing in this game. You are going to Tampa Bay this weekend. I am going to Puerto Rico. Both of us had dreams of being on a beach, just <laughs> thinking about our team in the Super Bowl. But now it is from dreams to nightmares. Thank you, Meek Mill. How are you? Well, like Kevin, all we ever have is dreams. No, nothing, no pipe dream that we've ever presented on this show has actually played out the way that we want to. It's it's getting a little. Hey, 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 hey! hey I'm you starting went to the Super Bowl last year. Okay, pipe I down. did. We did do that. We did do that. We did do that. At the beginning of the season, well, actually, that's actually now that I think about it, that was my entire dream. I literally said we would go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Chiefs at the beginning of the year. So you're right. You're right. Okay, we had one. It's one of those moments I don't actually know if I like sports. I think I was just uber competitive as a kid, and now I'm stuck. I'm just stuck with nothing but dreams and hopes. Yep, and lots of nightmares. And lots of nightmares. Um, let, let's start with uh, – why don't we start with the, the NFC Championship game since it, since it happened, and then, then we'll get into our teams. Um, I know you have a lot to talk about on this topic. Um, I sent you, you guys in, in the group chat, I was at my wife's parents' house watching both games and my wife's grandfather, who is a degenerate gambler, um, <laughs> and always loses, <laughs> had, um, the over in the AFC championship game <laughs> and Baltimore, but he hedged Great. his bet with the chiefs minus eight <laughs> and the chiefs won by seven and it was the under. <laughs> And then <laughs> that's honestly impressive, though, like to be that wrong. It, it defies statistics because most people like you, if everything was 50 50. So he actually is the best worst gambler of all time ever. And then in the <laughs> NFC championship game, I don't even think I told you guys this. He was all over the Niners, had the Niners money line when, when things started to hit the fan in the first second quarter right before halftime he once again hedged his bet and took the lions and then we all know what happened there he, he is there are a lot of he is the worst gambler of Ever. all time Ever. how about the kid from lsu that placed like eight thousand bets like you you are the phone number if you're placing as many bets as the 1-800 phone number buddy get a hop go fishing for once he, he uh, will be he will be a Dallas Cowboys uh, rookie free agent. Yo, yeah, for sure, for sure. He honestly wasn't bad at LSU. Oh yeah, good receiver, good receiver. Which game would you like to start with? 
whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, we, why don't we just go in order? Can I, I have a question for you. I have a genuine question for you. I think it covers the the entirety of the NFL and all the talking points right now. Are you Chief Stout? And I'm not talking who shows up to Chiefs games. I'm talking about are you Chief Stout that they're back in the Super Bowl, another title on the line? You're tired of watching them in the big game. You're tired of watching them in the big moments. Yes and no, right? Um, yes, because you know it's almost the same thing as we got patriot patrioted out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to see something different. I was all over Baltimore, right? I, I well, the Ravens are are sort of my wife and I's mutual team. Like we will root for the Ravens together. We went to the hold on, uh, huh? Baltimore. I feel like I'm being cheated on. Baltimore was our team that wasn't True. our team. Who was our team? True. But it, it, I mean, maybe she's getting cheated on because her and I actually went to the parade when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So. I'm the mistress? Yeah, you are the mistress. What the hell? How about that? Uh-huh. Unbelievable. That's so one of my favorite over. episodes of The Office. Oh. He goes, I'm the mistress? <laughs> so good. There's so many good parts. I was watching the off- a clip from The Office the other day when they sang the, the song from Rent, and he didn't know that they were going to do that. So like, oh. he's, he's like, something's happening. <laughs> this this so one's gonna hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So I mean, I I I wanted to see the Ravens too because I I like I wanted to see that defense oh, in the, the Super Bowl. I wanted to see those linebackers flying around. Um, but you know, obviously, it didn't happen. I, it's it's such a weird concept, right? Because we are witnessing something that we may never see again, and mm. no one may never see again in terms of Patrick Mahomes and, and what they're doing. So. It one tight one part of me is like grovel in it, enjoy it, but then the other part it's like okay, I've seen it enough, and now I see his fat picture in the locker room, and it just makes me mad. That was wild. I was like, I, hold on, I thought that he was a Greek god. You're telling me you can't get this guy on the ground? He looks like he gained the freshman fifteen times four. It's unreal. Dad, uh, I, I gotta say, I don't think I'm chiefed out. It's just like. Like you said, like you're witnessing something you probably will never see again. And that game on Sunday, a few things. One, Mahomes to Kelsey at one point, 10 targets, 10 receptions. I feel like I'm just back watching Brady and Gronk again. And they're unstoppable and they're so dominant. You just kind of have to respect the fact that they're that dominant. And I kind of have the same opinion of them that I had against the Warriors. It's like we let this happen. Like if you're a Bears fan right now and you're mad that the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl, buddy – you created this. You drafted Mitchell Trubisky. Mahomes was there at what, 12? Like, if you're the Texans and you wanted Deshaun Watson, like, I respect that pick at least. It made more sense than Mitchell Trubisky, but it's not like the, they cheated the system. I thought the same with the Warriors when they had KD and they were just winning again and again and again. It's like, it's not them. It's our fault that they drafted three All-Stars and still had cap space to sign Kevin Durant. Like, that's on us for allowing that regime to happen. I kind of feel the same with the, with the Chiefs. Like, they're the best quarterback in the world. They built an incredible defense around him and Kelsey's top two tight end of all time. Like, it's just... I'm, I don't think I'm Chiefs out. I feel like you just kind of have to respect it at this point. And into the Ravens, like you said, I love the Ravens. We love the Ravens. That was a bad game plan. They played no. badly. Uh, that's it. Yep. And yep. there were moments... We talked about it this year because I was Lamar, Mark Andrews. Like, I had all these guys, and, like, we follow this team. We love the defense. We love the linebackers. We probably watch the Ravens more than any other team aside from our teams. There'd be moments this year where you're like, guys, what are we doing? 
Like they would look like the best team in the league, but there were a few weeks where you're like, this is just an undisciplined mess. And I feel like it came out at times in the worst moment. And the chiefs again are just always locked in, in the biggest moments. It it came out almost all game. Like they not only with their play kind of collapsed, but like the penalties, the untimely mistakes, like the Kyle Van Noy penalty, which is was kind of like ticky. T- but Zay Jones, man, you are down, and you just caught an unbelievable pass to get you down to like the four yard line. But again, it's been a bad game for your team. Why are you taunting in that situation? Catch the ball, get back to the line, try to get the ball in the goddamn end zone, and get back into the game. Now, the call, I guess, didn't fully hurt them because then they ended up getting down to the one or two yard line but because of him and then they lost it again because of him (laughs) um but like and that's why zay jones had this was like the best running team in the league and again like they went away from it zay jones had almost the most carries for the team that day and i'm like and why like again these are the things that it's like, okay, Monday morning quarterback, you and I can see it. You and I know it from watching. How do you attack the Chiefs? You run against them. And they mm-hmm. had Willie Gay out, too. Why is Lamar throwing it 40 times? I don't know. It, it, yeah, they just totally went away from Gus Edwards. And it'd be one thing if they were getting blown out. They weren't. They no. weren't. They're, they're, but I, I swear, like, like we said, I love that team. There would just be t- like that t- when they played against the Steelers this year. I'm like, are you guys qualified to be in the AAC? Like this is like next level bad. And I feel like they just get discombobulated and they played a team that just never gets discombobulated. They're locked in focused at the biggest moments. And they were again. Uh, yeah. And it was just like dumb penalties like that. That one roughing the passer. Everyone gets mad. And let's. I'm in the group after the last Super Bowl. Mahomes and the Chiefs get some calls. But, like, at the end of the half, they club him in the helmet. And it's the most obvious roughing the passer personal foul of all time. It's just like, we're just not, we're not locked in the way you got to be locked in to beat the greatest. He's going to go down as the greatest, and you got to be locked in, and they just weren't. It's so wild. I'm Rokon Smith with the offside. Like, I understand what he was doing there, but, like, why are we committing an unnecessary roughness penalty? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. and and you mentioned the greatness of the Chiefs and not being Chiefs out. Not only is he the greatest of all time, and I think he is already. Like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, we're trending. No, we're Brady right now, but it's trending. Yeah, Brady's the greatest yeah. of all time. But uh, I was okay. Brady's the greatest of all time now. But Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever watched play the game. Like overall, that's, that's play. a fair take. Yeah, that's a fair um, take. But. <laughs> Not only are the Chiefs like some teams would just bank on that, be like, okay, he'll he'll figure it out, he'll win it for us. Now, in somewhat they do because he doesn't have the best supporting cast around him offensively, right? No, he has Travis Kelsey. They found a diamond in the rough with Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round from Rutgers, but his receivers, I mean, they're not. The Scantling is coming alive now. That was great. I actually kind of felt good for him. So did I. I (laughs) Poetic justice. You and I love Sky Moore coming out of the draft. He hasn't really done much, but they built this defense. Like the Cowboys, Dak's not Mahomes. They may, whatever they want, or talk and act like he is, he's not. He could win a Super Bowl, but you need to build a the right team around him. 
and build a defense like the Chiefs have for have that chance, and they just they don't. So no. not only do the Chiefs have the greatest quarterback ever, but they're also building a championship defense. And I will say, I think Steve Spagnola may be the greatest defensive coordinator of all time. That is a good, really good point. And I think he's a guy who doesn't get brought up a lot, no. especially now considering everything that surrounds their team. And Andy Reid is now entering the like greatest coaches of all time discussion. But Spagnuolo has been with him for the, this whole ride in Kansas City. So, and it, it's it's crazy because yeah, that was like a plan together to beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl for the Giants. Yes, yes, I totally forgot about that. I was trying to think when he was with the Giants, and you're right. Mm-hmm. And he almost remember he almost beat them during the year, and he had the blueprint, yeah, and he like, went right I back. Think it was to the last week of the season. Yeah, he, they almost stopped the undefeated season right there, and then yep. obviously stopped in the Super Bowl. But you're right; it's just such a well-oiled. It's just well run. You're you, the, the listen. Don't be mad that the sales are through the roof for the other company if the other company's better run than you are. That's it's all a business to a T. And you, you know what I, Lamar Hunt, right? The general manager and president. I, like. I feel like you see him twice a year, accepting the AFC Championship trophy and then accepting the Super Bowl trophy, and then he just goes away, unlike some general manager and president of an organization that you and I know. How about that? How about that story that I say you about Stephen Jones? Oh, my goodness. So I to preface to it, player. what? I need to know the player. I would love to know. It could be bad. I don't think it's it's it was before the Stafford time. I don't think it was Megatron. I don't think it it was like no. Golden Tate. I you know who I think it may be because um, they kind of it's pretty cool. They they narrowed it down on the radio if possible. They think it may have really been Kyle Van Noy um, because then he was traded to the Patriots. Ironic. Yeah, it's just like he didn't even talk to Will McClay or anybody else in the room. Well, it's, so to preface this story, in case people haven't heard, so uh, who who was it that was on that podcast? Do you know um, who was? I forget the guy's name, but he was he's a very very reliable source that I've heard. He worked with the Cowboys for like twelve years. Yeah, so, so he he, he worked in the Cowboys for an office, and he was saying that on draft days, all, the rooms are recorded, mm-hmm. film, video, audio, so you can go back if you work within the team and watch all the film and see the breakdowns of the players on draft days. It includes trade calls. There was a trade call from the Lions to the Cowboys. Stephen Jones picks up the phone. They say the Lions say the player they want to trade to the Cowboys. Stephen Jones says, who? They ask, are you interested? And he's like, we'll get back to you. They don't talk about it at all. He didn't know who the guy was. Never brought it to McClay. Never brought it to anyone. Lions call back. They say, "Hey, or like, what do you think about this deal?" And he's like, "Oh, what? Well, yeah, we're we're gonna pass." And that was the entirety. And it's just like, what are you doing? How do you run a team? I, I, like, I don't know. We get mad because, like, you and I, are like, we know things, but we're like, yeah, but we watch YouTube film. Like, we could never run a team. But you hear stories like this, and you're like. Can these guys? <laughs> I mean, we would at least answer the phone and talk to the people in the room. I was good. I've that is that's another thing is like, is that too is that uh, a dictatorship? Is it too much in a silo of a decision making 
situation for the Cowboys to make any moves that they're taking it to the to Stephen Jones and he's not taking it to his surrounding team to say what are your guys thoughts on this yeah. so that that was just a crazy story but you're right that just to finish wrap on the Chiefs I'm not really Chiefs out I have all reason to be but they went toe like I never hated the Patriots I was like we went toe to toe with them and beat them the Chiefs like I'm not Chiefs out they beat us you know they beat us I can't be mad I it, and to speak, I feel like we have to touch on this before we move on is all, all you losers that are complaining about Taylor Swift, just shut up. Like it doesn't bother me at all. It, it doesn't bother me at all. Like people are like somebody I was talking to last week. They're like, she should just sit down and just avoid the cameras and enjoy the game. I'm like, she does sweet with her friends watching her boyfriend dominate you would not be sell. She's not like, hey, put. The- she probably doesn't want the cameras on her. They're doing it. Yeah, like she's not supposed to celebrate or enjoy. Like if if my wife played on the, I don't know, the U.S. women's soccer team, I'd be going nuts. Yeah, if she yes. scored a goal. Uh, and and like every they all like they always show celebrities. She's there. She did. Who care? Like who care? It is not. It is not ruining your viewing experience. How many it, like, times in the Eagles games do they show Mike Trout? Do they show I was Bradley just Cooper? Every Eagles game that Bradley Cooper's at, they show him. And no one no one said one word when Bradley Cooper – and he's at all the games. Mike Trout, every year, the Angels get their ass kicked. They come in last place. He comes home, and he sits front row. Not box seats. He sits front row in the end zone, and they show him every single game, and no one has complained once. Taylor Swift shows up, and you have to complain about it. it just Matthew it doesn't, McConaughey is on the sideline at Texas football games. He was coaching up the players this year. Did you see that clip? He was talking to the players during the game. But it's no not like cares. she's like down there. Like she stays out of the way. Like I don't know. Like she doesn't need the NFL. The NFL needs her. That's why they're showing her. This is this is one plus one equals two type of math. Did you see the whole thing? How crazy it is. She has her last concert of the tour the day before in Tokyo. In Tokyo. <laughs> and then she has to fly back. And I mean, she has a private jet. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And she'll get back to Vegas Saturday night. But it's like. Crazy, right? It Imagine is, that life, not, dude. Oh, I can't. I don't know if I'd actually like. I I get what you mean, but it's a little too much. Like now, the, the all the stuff about it, now she's like a political prop, and uh, like that you're tracking her jets and like she had a stalker outside of her house recently. Yeah, yeah. Who he got bailed out of jail and immediately went back to her house. It'd be a lot to handle. I think she handles it pretty well for the amount of attention she gets and the attention that she does get during these NFL games. It just doesn't bother me. I don't even think twice about it, you know. It, and it just, it, I think it's it's cool. I like the Kelseys. I love Jason and Kylie. I think Kylie and Taylor together, uh, yep. if they did a podcast like the brothers did, I think that would be cool too. <laughs> and listen, I would much rather be seeing Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey and Kylie than the amount of of times we had to see Patrick Mahomes' wife and his brother. We're not seeing them anymore. I'd rather see True. Taylor Swift. His brother is, like, literally a criminal, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> In the pecking order of people I'd like to see, she's way higher. But it's just like, has anything – when you're playing the Chiefs, my main concern isn't the amount of times they show Taylor Swift. It's more so, like, can you get – 
her boyfriend to the ground and yep. you know get a get a deflection on a pass from Patrick Mahomes. If they show her in the suite, it just I don't know. Think uh, about I don't know. It just this, I don't see why this is such a big problem for people. And this is the last thing I'm going to say, but their life, the culmination of her tour ending, and then him winning the Super Bowl. Just imagine what their life will be for the next couple of months. Oh man. Does life get better than that? Like she no. she had the biggest tour of all time. He's now the number one pot sports podcast. He'd be he'd be cemented probably as the greatest tight end of all time, Hall of Fame. Everything. They, they haven't done one wrong thing in a year. <laughs> crazy. Crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. So how about those lines? I, I'll I'll preface this. We'll send this to Lions fans. I don't wish any ill will against Lions fans, but I hope the Lions go zero and seventeen for the rest of their lives. You have failed me. I will never forgive you. Not once. I hope the Eagles beat you forty-two to nothing every time we play. That was unforgivable. You despicable buffoons. How could you? I mean, every you know, I kept saying when I was watching, I was like, "Oh, this is this is what Dan does, and this is what they do." But you have like, I'm so sick of analytics and that. Thank like, you. read the room, understand the game. Like, and he Thank did into the into the second half, right? He went away from it and kicked the field goal to go up three scores going into the half. Why is a 17-point lead important going into the half, but a 17-point lead is not important deep into the third quarter? Thank, thank you. Thank you. You are preaching to the choir. This, like, we've had the conversation about analytics so much that we forgot about, like, basic boy math, well, which is if you were up 17 at halftime and you exchange field goals and now you're halfway through the third quarter, they haven't made up any ground and you've wasted over half of a quarter. So being there in the third quarter, halfway through, up 27 to 10, you keep all the momentum. They can't trade scores with you. They would lose. You've done it. You've done your job. You don't need analytics. Nope. You need the basic math. Two, three minus three equals zero. It cancels each other out. We forgot our number tiles. We forgot our multiplication tables. It's the easy stuff that we've forgotten about with this analytics. And the Lions did too. And I will say, I mean, Dan Campbell lost them the Dallas Cowboys game. Now, did Decker report, whatever? Yeah, but he also tried to go for it, make it more confusing for everybody to try and confuse the Cowboys defense. It didn't work. They got the penalty, and he went for it again. I was going to say. And he went for it again. Kicked the field goal, going to overtime. That is, yeah, uh, that is a great example. So aggressiveness in the NFL is almost a necessity at this point, right? Just the way that offenses are. You were aggressive, and it didn't work. They called the penalty. The penalty, as controversial as it is, they did call it. So you don't have to go for it right there. Like, you tried to be aggressive. The, the number, like, and in that situation – Aggressiveness was called for. I have no problem with going for it. Oh, I, the first time I was like, yeah, I mean, you have them on the ropes. Go end the game. Yeah, exactly. But like you said, read the room. If you are up seven, like if you kick the field goal right there, like you don't necessarily need to be overly aggressive. 
a great example, the Eagles in the Super Bowl, when they went for it on uh, fourth and one, they were on the ropes with the Patriots. Aggressiveness was called for that. If they were up 17 and went for it on fourth and one and Zach Ertz drops the ball, uh, and Nick Foles gets pressure on that play, if you remember, if he gets sacked right there, I'm pissed. In a game where they're up three or whatever, or down three at the in the fourth quarter, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Go for it. Yeah. But the Lions, you did everything right. You didn't need to go for it right there. That play drove me crazy. And it's just like the aggressiveness. And then uh, it's just like you got to do the basic coaching things well if you want to be this gambler. At the end of the game, having to – you run the ball on third and goal. So then you have to burn a timeout, which means you have to do the onside kick. And it's like that's the basic stuff. It doesn't matter about analytics. and it doesn't. Zone. Yeah, exactly. You have four shots to the end zone. You can't take a timeout there. You got to be good at the basic stuff and then get on to the aggressiveness and the analytics. Yep. And, like, I understand, like, people are talking about, well, is it more on Dan Campbell and his decisions to go for it? Is it more on the players? Yes, it's on both, right? Reynolds did not catch the ball. Josh Reynolds. Yes, Josh Reynolds, not Craig Craig Josh Reynolds did not catch the ball on fourth down, right? So people are like, well, he needs to make the play. It's his fault. Yes, it is. He does need to make the play. Mm-hmm. However, that's built into going forward on fourth down. That's what it is all about. You're not guaranteed to make the play. In that situation, if it's my team and you kick the field goal to go up 17 and you miss it, I'm not as angry because I understand and you're reading the room and you're making yeah. the right decision rather than if they roll out and F- Ferguson drops the ball and now I'm giving the ball back to the 49ers mm-hmm. and now, you know, we're not up 17, we're only up 14 and here they come and you know what's going to happen. They're going on a fuck you drive and they're going to run it right down your throat. Yep. Yep. And you're right. Like there, there's blame to go around right after that. It's a clear interception. It hits off a guy's face mask and bounces the Brandon Ayuk. Players got to make plays, especially if you want to win the NFC Championship and go to a Super Bowl. And I will say, I Jared Goff played a hell of a game. I he did for Jared Goff. I do. I, I then it, in the first half, that was a brilliant masterpiece of an offensive game plan. Jameson Williams. In- <laughs> mm. Jameer Gibbs, I know he fumbled, but he was awesome in the first half. It's just that they had that game plan down pat. And it's just like, keep stacking, you know? Keep stacking, keep stacking, keep stacking. It's almost like having a Roth IRA where it's like you you just progressively 3% over time, and you will retire happily. And that's all they had to do. Especially when you're on the road against arguably the best team in the NFL, and you're beating them. That's another thing. You're on, you're on the road. That crowd was out of it. They're out of it all day. You kick a field goal right there. Guess what? They're still out of it. Nobody's in it. You're down. They're down 17. They're looking at the scoreboard like, oh, six minutes left in the third. We're down 17. Like, it's getting it's getting late early. Yep. You, you let Buttholes you let everybody back. You could just you could feel it. You could the feel it from your tight. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. But I, now we got to now we got to deal with these assholes. I had I had the funny uh, you know you already know like I had locked and loaded ready to go a lot of content if the 49ers lost that NFC championship I like I smacked my head during the multiple times during the line like the Lions decision making in the second half I could just feel all of the content I worked on to make 49ers fans mad just 
going away, just going away, just going away. I was like, oh, man. And uh, I, I, they, it's crazy because uh, this is, I am a hater, so I'm going to sound like a hater. At no point this, this playoffs, during the regular season, I genuinely thought like they looked like the best team in football for yeah. large periods of time. In the playoffs, they have not looked like they've belonged on the field no. at times. Pedestrian. They were getting dominated by the Packers, by the Lions. And then I look up and they're like, they're in the Super Bowl. It's Isn't that crazy? Yep. I, I, fuck. And it, it's it's like, who do you root for here? Another one for Mahomes? Yes. Because I, I, I can't. I can't <laughs> I can bring myself to root for the 49ers. After oh. they ended, ended my season, embarrassingly, two years in a row, you know, I, we, we, we bark a lot. Cowboys fans and, and Eagles fans on Twitter, but Niners fans just crawl their way into situations that have nothing to do with them and just bookmark tweets for like a year later. It's just they're 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 making death threats to Cowboys media's family. It's like every every week they have a new controversy. They're two weeks removed from their radio host saying I like they liked Brock Purdy over Lamar because they like their quarterback to be quarterbacky, which just say the hard R at that point because we all know what you're thinking. Like you're yeah. just you know, let's see, let's insane. see those, those those itinerary flights flying back to san francisco on january 7th exactly crazy you're right though Uh, this we set this show up to be birds versus boys and we knew that there'd be discourse between the two fan bases and there are there is more hatred vitriol negativity between our two fan bases versus their fan base it's almost shocking and i'm in the midst of a cold war with denver fans who are pretty much rooting for the injury of my favorite player. So, uh, but, and Niners fans are still the worst fan base of any, any sport that we follow. This is, they are the bar none, the worst that I have experienced online. Yep. And, and their players are, a lot of them are the same way. I mean, Debo, he's, I, I can't, I'm so done with him too. Uh, like he's the classic, like they lose, he cries, he makes excuses. They win. He's the first one to pop on Twitter and say something to CJ Gardner Johnson. Although CJ waving goodbye. Everybody in the room was like, no, don't do that. What are you doing? (laughs) Come on. Uh, yeah, that was rough. I I don't know where the the lines go from here. That's a really tough one to recover from. That's That's when you think about the rest of your life. Cause he's on the team. Who? Eminem. Hey, what a comeback! Did he did he ever mention the Lions like ever in any song or anything? I think so. Now that I think about it. I mean, he definitely mentions Detroit quite a bit. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. I mean, Mom Spaghetti. He's got restaurants all over. But <laughs> did you see that? Like when they were like having the playoff game, they showed like the mom, and it's they literally have a restaurant and they put spaghetti on like white bread and then they serve it. I I I knew I remember when his restaurant opened. The line was like three miles long. Yeah, of course, eight of miles course. long. Eight miles long. Great eight. movie. Uh, guys, a game. So, I mean, I, I think I will be rooting for the Chiefs in this one. I will too. I was, I was like, how could you? They beat the Eagles last year. Nah. I wish I don't even. I know we just did a whole thing about not being Chiefs out, but. 
I don't even want to watch the game. <laughs> I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and watch my Love on the Spectrum show. I had a lot more fun. It's you the only thing that brings me happiness at this point. That kid Connor on a fucking dating show and speed dating for autistic people. You know what's the only thing that brings me happiness? Is like what? we can't even count on the commercials being good anymore. No. I like Usher. I liked Usher. I had the Confessions album in third grade, and that went so hard. And he- yeah, with Lil John was a masterpiece. Like people were like, "Oh, Beethoven, Mozart, oh, the greatest classic music of all time." No, yeah, with Usher and Lil John is the greatest masterpiece of all time. Any any chance the NFL right now is on the phone with Taylor Swift and be like, "You got to get up there for one song at halftime." No shot. <laughs> she would think. tell them no so quickly. Yeah. That would be unbelievable, though. It would be. <laughs> everyone be would funny. go. It would draw such love and such hatred all at the same time. If they win, I feel like she could pop up at the parade and do a little something, something. I don't know her tour schedule beyond this. I know she's going to Tokyo with this weekend. I don't know what the tour schedule is like the following oh, I week. Think this is the end of the tour. She's been off tour for a while. Oh, but this is, well, I. I don't know. This is the Eras tour again. They said this is the last show. I don't know. I think she's just going to Japan for the week and doing those shows there. She was. She did Mexico. She did uh, Brazil. That's how why she missed the Eagles game because yeah, she was in Brazil died. for like five shows. So she did all of North America, and that took like three months. But now she's going to other countries. It only takes like a week. Wild. What a life. All right. You want to get in our teams a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Now that we Since talked about talking about Taylor Swift, quick little recap. Um, we're not playing in the game. It's a no, surprise. maybe next year. Um, always. But we, we have a lot to talk about. Well, let's start with the Eagles, especially since, um, you, tr- you truly now have a, a bird versus boy situation. We do. Kellen Moore is a covert ops spy. I hope this I, goes better than when we brought in DeMarco Moore. <laughs> I, I will, I will preface this. There are some fans who are like, he's such a traitor. I would never go to my biggest rival ever. Stop. He was forced out of Dallas. He went to the Chargers. Chargers. And this is his career. He doesn't care where he's going to work. He's going to work at a good organization with a powerful offense. What? Like He's supposed to say, nope, sorry, I worked at the Cowboys. Can't come. Shut up. Yeah, everybody would take that job. Losers. I'm pretty excited though. I'm pretty excited. I know you. I think it's a mixed reaction. It is. But you've you've always had mixed feelings about him. I liked him better than a lot of names, and I like that he has experience. I think part of the problem was this year that it was people learning on the fly. And Brian Johnson, as as bad as things I've said about him, he could turn into a good coordinator. But he was learning how to call plays on the fly. It was his first time. Kellen Moore has been doing this. And he's been doing it with two good quarterbacks and Justin Herbert and, and Dak Prescott. So I'm excited to see what he does with Jalen Hurts now. That's quite the resume of quarterbacks to work with that have exceeded with him and excelled. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how he works in the skill set of someone like Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Dak can move a little bit, but he hasn't worked with a quarterback mm-hmm. who can truly move like Jalen Hurts can. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, get ready for a lot of curl routes, a lot of Thank stop God. routes. You know, he, he, he does like to light up the scoreboard. The Cowboys always have lit it up under him. Um, am I unbelievably worried? No, 
but it's a good hire. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's, a, it's sort of a lame duck year for Sirianni right now. They have to perform. Yes. He needs them to perform. Yeah. But bringing in two new coordinators after this big a collapse, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask for, I think, for both of our teams. I, I, I'm not banking on 12-5 and five again next year. I need to figure out what we're doing with the defense before I do predictions. I will say, I wish this was our coordinator plan last year when we lost Shane Steichen yeah. and Jonathan Gannon to bring in two guys with this much experience in, in Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore. Both guys, you know, well, Fangio has the ultimate experience. He's been a coordinator since the 90s. As long as I've been alive. His first coordinator job was 95. Kellen Moore, like you said, going through the Cowboys, and instead of if he would have went to the Eagles instead of the Chargers, I, I would feel so good about this. And it, it, I am just over the moon with the, the plan now because it feels like there's a plan in place, and I have not felt that way for a long time. There's a plan. There I, is a I heard um, a funny story about him is that I guess players always wanted to play Madden with him, and he refused to ever play Madden because he's like, it's not real. The algorithm, the way the defenses and the algorithm re- react to running plays, it's not real. So no. And he like refuses to play Madden because it's not realistic. That's that's my biggest complaint about NCAA is like a defense would not react this way. Mm-hmm. That, that is true. But we have another chance. NCAA is coming back this July. I hope that you enjoy these podcasts because you will never hear from me again when that game comes out. <laughs> I will be locked away like a hermit. I will be harder to find than that escaped prisoner. I'll be uh, in the depths of a two and a half year old and a brand new newborn. So I'm, I'll be in the, I'll be in something else. You, you have not mentioned that on the show yet. That was the first time you you brought it up. (laughs) Yes. My wife, we are, my wife is having another baby. Uh, June 17th is the due date. Whoa. That's why we're going to Puerto Rico. It's uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's called a baby moon, Aiden. I just learned about this. Yeah. I just learned about this. I have friend. Their friend just went on baby moon to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and I found out what that was. Very exciting stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty, we didn't get to do it uh, last time because COVID and everything when we were pregnant. So yeah, this should be. We'll see. That's I, a I congratulation. She can't. So that's kind of rough. That is rough. Are you going to stand in solidarity and not drink? <laughs> I've stand, I've stood in solidarity all January. I've, I have participated in dry January. So. Have you? Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. I haven't really drank either. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, you know, when I feel like too, like when there's not, you know, when your team's losing, there's not really much to celebrate. It's like, hmm. yeah, we gotta, we need football. Cause now you're sending me videos of people getting beheaded. So. We we gotta get we gotta have something. We, the Yankees gotta start at something. This world, that is a that was crazy. That was wild. That was a head. My man was my man declared himself president by martial law, and then he was he was handing out millions of dollars. He was like, "I have the bounty on this guy's head, one million dollars." I'm like, "Dude, you are in your bedroom in Levittown. <laughs> you don't have two dollars." The calmness with which he gave that speech after beheading his dad. My guy say it was impressive, but <laughs> he stayed pretty calm for a guy who just killed his dad. He was, and he was just talking about like before the 2020 election, there were actual delegates on both sides who said that I was the best choice to be president of the United States. Are these delegates in the room with you right now? 
They're going to be with you on Shutter Island, pal. He's calling on his militia. He's like, militias unite, even though none of you know who I am. Man, that is, I mean, that is one of the more messed up things. Dude. It was up on YouTube for a while. That was like six hours later. That's that I, not that what you I expected, too. What, the video? Yeah, just this is the head. And I was like, oh, God. I wasn't going to watch it, even though you sent it, and the rest of the group text looked at it. Because I was like, this is gross. But I was like, now I'm kind of curious. You know that scene in Walking Dead where they kill Herschel, mm-hmm. the old guy in front of the whole group? Uh, I was curious how it compared. So I ended up watching it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is bad. I was like, this is bad. I was like, what? I was immediately just mad at myself. Yep. I was like, we need football back. Kevin and I, he's sending me beheading videos. He used to send me like clips of like, Cowboys podcast and like draft talk, and yeah. now he's sending me like heads. That's where we are in life right now. So, congratulations on baby number two. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> I think I know we say congratulations off air, but congratulations. I Appreciate hope you guys it. have a have a great trip to Puerto Rico. That'll be I, fun. We do, and I do not know if I'm having a boy or girl. So, are you going to stay that way the whole time? Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm excited for you guys. Unless cool. tomorrow we have like the big twenty week scan. Uh, and like, if you don't know that when they move to look at that kind of stuff, they're like, all right, close your eyes. So, uh, you know, unless I give one of these, Oh, Lisa will be mad at you if you, yeah. if you do that, I think. Yeah. I think you gotta, you gotta, even though I don't know what I'm looking for, it's not like you're going to see just like, I, I think I'd be pretty bad at, yeah. I, I could be an ear. Maybe it's knows. insane. Like you can see the overall stuff, but like the person doing the ultrasound is like, here's this, here's that, here's this, here's. This. I'm like, you know those like ink blot things back in the day where they would show you, like, like what is this? Or like those those posters where you had to like go cross eyed to see stuff. And I'm oh like, yeah. I'm like, where's the, the here's the kidney? I'm like. Or in the jumbotron when they'll give you like a smidge of the of the photo and you have to like guess this player based on like this like blurred blurred out like little photo yeah it's like that guess this gender uh huh yeah no idea (laughs) well that's still cool though congratulations fun nice um yeah and Fangio we we talked about it he kind of wrote the blueprint they say against Dak Prescott and and the offense you know there's turmoil after he left Miami. I don't know if you yeah. saw the, the video of them actually kicking rocks, um, which is pretty funny. But, you know, I, I, working pale city of Philadelphia seems like it just it fits Vic Fangio better than the nightlife of Miami. And he's been in the building. They know who he mm-hmm. is. They know what he's about. He helped them prep for the Super Bowl. Exactly. Uh, everything you said to a T. And... Uh, that when that story came out, they're like he didn't mesh in the locker room. Like some at points, the Dolphins' defense did not seem like a defense that meshed. Well, I yep. questioned it, and then Jaws came out. So basically, Drew Rosenhaus said that a lot of the players had a problem with Vic Fangio, and Jaws came out and he's like, "I have sources too." And the reason they didn't like Vic Fangio is because they preferred the Miami lifestyle, and he didn't really mesh with that because he wanted to, his players to work hard and they wanted to go out and party. And as someone who just watched that defensive atrocity in the past six weeks, I need a defensive coordinator who's going to be a hard-nosed dick, yep. just an asshole. 
Uh, he doesn't have to be mean, but it's like if you're preferring the lifestyle of Miami over tackling, well, then, yeah, we got a problem here. Yep. Yep. Just get the goddamn job done. Yeah, tackle. That's all I want. I feel like I'm not asking for much. I just need people to tackle soundly. But if he can do that, I'm fine. And um, one of the coordinators, not coordinators, but one of the additions to the coaching staff that we did not bring up that I need to bring up because I am beyond excited for is Clint Hurt, the new defensive line coach. And if you haven't seen a picture of him yet, I have no background knowledge on if he is a good coach or not, but I am convinced that he is because if you've ever looked at a person and said, yeah, they are definitely qualified for job. This is the case. He's the take mountain. one look at this guy's picture. He is qualified to coach the defensive line. He's either a defensive line coach or an overly aggressive bouncer at garage. The two jobs based on photo that I know he's qualified for these jobs. He is bigger than the mountain from Game of Thrones. He is a tank. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, it's God. awesome. I'm and he. The sound clips that I've heard. Also, a guy. No nonsense. Uh, we need no nonsense on the defense. No nonsense. No nonsense. No nonsense. We got too many guys giving out their wife's banana pudding recipes instead of tackling. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I like Darius Slay, but I, the optics sometimes are just. You think he? You think he's gonna be here or no? No. You think he's gone? I don't dislike him as a talent. I think he's better. I think he gets discredited because of the Twitter stuff and because of how friendly he is and because he's always joking. He's actually a really solid corner. Do I think he'll be here? No, I think they want to do a total overhaul of the defense. So I think they'll cut Bradbury too, even if it hurts their cap. I think he'll yep. be gone. Yep. I mean, hey, they can also cut Kevin Byard and save 14 million. So he's gone. Oh, he's definitely gone. Yeah. There's, I saw, I think it was, uh, our guy Chase Senior did a, a nice breakdown of what they can do to really mm-hmm. extend their cap, like extend. I think uh, Sweat, maybe Radic, Cut, Byard. Um, you can extend Malata again. Yeah, extend Malata. One of the ones was Cut Maddox. Now, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know if you'd want to cut Maddox. Like what's I that out was there? Like a two point eight million dollars savings or something too. It wasn't something crazy. He's- He's 7.1, so it's an enticing number, but at the same time, I really like him. It's just a matter of staying healthy, but I think there's other options. and Bradbury, I feel like you got to keep Maddox. Yeah, and is there something better out there for 7 million than Maddox? You know, like you have to think about it that from that point of view. What's Snead going to get on the open market? Great, great question. And I, I really think a guy to watch, and we'll, we have plenty of time for free agency, but Xavier McKinney. And safety, I think, is a guy that they'll probably target and they'll like. And uh, they they also brought in the Seahawks secondary coach. He was the secondary coach at Alabama. Of course, Alabama has some members of their secondary that are going to be pretty good. We'll get into draft talk here pretty soon uh, in the upcoming episodes. But that'll be another one that is that Did is you something to keep an eye on. See the stat that came out today about Alabama players? No. No Alabama player ever drafted has ever scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That is hard to believe. <laughs> Insane. Um, never. No draft. No player drafted from Alabama has ever scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Devontae kept his foot in last year. He would have. <laughs> yeah. Tush pushed it in, but we got there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that's wild. that is a crazy stat. Think of all the running backs that they've had. I know. But, I mean, Henry's never been there. Uh, Josh Jacobs. 
Remember who is who is the one that the Cowboys got undrafted? But uh, oh my god, um, Bo. Oh, oh, Bo Scarborough. Yeah, Scarborough. That's I was name. so excited. I'm like, oh my god, he was undrafted. He's gonna be great. And it was like, nope. Remember his picture, and he was like bigger than Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, whoa, they're evolving. Yeah. He's like Charmander and Charizard. Then yeah. it didn't work out. But man, he was that. That guy was he was rough and tumble. Didn't he go to Philly for a minute? Did he? Go, Did I he? he went I don't somewhere know. in the, the NFC. The running back we had that was good, that was undrafted. Remember Josh Adams from Josh Adams, Notre, absolutely. Notre Dame. He was our leading rusher in 2018. He was the yeah. best. He's uh I see he goes, he's another NFL star that goes to my gym. Oh yeah. Him, Mike McGlinchey. <laughs> yeah. See all those guys. Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds, yeah. McGlinchey's back, by the way. He's home. Is it, he plays for the Broncos, correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I was saying to my wife, he's probably so upset. I was gonna ask, did you ask him? Like, hey. No. I didn't yet, but then I think he, then he maybe just clicks on his phone and looks at his bank account, and he's like, "All right, I'm all right." That would help. That would help. It's like, okay. hey man, congrats on beating the Bills in October. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oof. All right, before yeah, we get out of here, let's. I mean, Cowboys have some questions of their own coordinator wise. So, <laughs> Dan Quinn to Seattle was a lock until it wasn't. Um, the I, I, you know, who knows? And these are the interesting things, right? If Baltimore had made it to the Super Bowl, who knows if what if the coordinator becomes the head coach in Seattle? Because then that's another two weeks, you know, before they can yeah. hire him, and then this and that. But Baltimore's out. He is now the head coach of Seattle. And yeah, it's, he he could have, you know, said he wasn't going to take the job as the defensive coordinator for a team in the Super Bowl. Meantime, he actually was taking the job and was tampering with that team. And, you know, they could have been having backup plans in place, but he decided to lie to the team and tamper. That could have happened with the Ravens defensive coordinator if they could have made it. It'd be far-fetched, and that would never happen. And then that bad team at the end beats you at home. For no reason. God, this is what I'm talking about. Our hopes and dreams, like our pipe dreams never work out. I feel like I'm not asking for much to beat the Cardinals at all. Especially when the general manager's on the field. Like, no. He he watched Marvin Harrison crumble before his eyes. Like when Thanos snaps and <laughs> Spider-Man's like, he's like, I don't feel so good. <laughs> well, the GM was like, Marvin Harrison was like, I don't feel so good. And he crumbled in the dust. He was like, you're, you ever watch Friday Night Lights? The movie or the TV show? The show. Yes. When well, the, when I should have just said yes to both. I've seen both. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why it's asked. When that opposing coach runs out and, and hits Riggins. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that was the general manager to his own running back. But he saw Connor running down the field. <laughs> that, can we, we'll get back to Connor. Can we take 30 seconds? That scene lasts so long where he like intercepts it. He's running down the field forever. And he only makes it look 15 yards. <laughs> He's at the 30. He's at the 32. Meanwhile, like halfway through. These days on a streaming service, they'd be like, and now a message from Affleck. And we're back. He's at the 34. Oh, my God. It's so good. This show is so good. But now there's only one head coaching job open. Nah, yeah. And it's Washington. Um, Dan Quinn has done two interviews there. I don't know. I don't know where they want to go. Um, I don't think Belichick. It, it's crazy that Vrabel and Belichick 
are not going to get head coaching jobs. I don't think either of them obviously are going to become defensive coordinators anywhere. So they're probably just going to be in the, in the background lurking. And I mean, there are going to be, I think a couple quality jobs open next year. Um, Cowboys job could be open. Eagles job could be open. Giants job could be open. So, um, so we'll see, but that's Dan Quinn's last option, obviously. So it's either Dan Quinn becomes the head coach of the, Washington whatevers or he's back as defensive coordinator and I think him and Benemy would be a great tandem yeah I also this was also one of the reasons why the commanders are still looking for a coach Ben Johnson the Lions coordinator his he is going back to Detroit part of the reason why his price was too high if you're a commanders fan and you sat through decades of just nonsense and you heard that the coach that was coveted the price was too high for your new billionaire owner i'd be like yeah okay especially with an owner that everyone's like he's willing to spend whatever Mm, i've heard that before so i'm I'm interested to see i mean i I don't know i'm I'm coming around a little bit more if you know if if dan quinn comes back i'm not going to throw a fit obviously the last game of the season was was terrible but we'll see what happens um, I wouldn't throw a fit because who are the other options? Like I said, Vrabel's not going to be taking taking that job as DC. You're not getting Belichick in there as DC. I've heard Ron Rivera. Uh, no, thank you. I don't need Ron he Rivera coming in to be the DC. Yeah, he, he was like but, a leading candidate. So the rest, I mean, maybe Mike Zimmer. I wouldn't hate that. He trying to get back in the league, but it would probably one. be someone internal, like a you know a, a Joe Witt Jr., somebody who's been with McCarthy forever. Which I don't know in a in a lame duck year where my coach is not under contract, we don't know if the quarterback's going to be riding out the last year. Do I really want a first time defensive coordinator running my defense? For, for Quinn, no, you do not want a first time coordinator. Trust me, it doesn't work. Do you think Quinn, like you said, it's kind of a lame duck year? They could clean house if things go awry and they go five and twelve instead of twelve and five. And or does then he think he has a chance to get that job? That is another good point. And I was wondering what his mindset would be. Do you take the commander's job if it's offered to you, knowing that you could be out of a job in a year anyways, or do you try to wait and see if you get the promotion if other people are out of a job next year? I think he comes back, but he's done it like two him. years in a row. Third time's the charm, maybe. I don't know. I think he's a good coach. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it wasn't like he was a bad coach in Atlanta either. I think. I mean, no, he went to the, Super the damn Super Bowl, and he, you yeah. know, he won the Super Bowl in Seattle. Now he had the Legion of Boom there, but that he help. turned this defense around. Right, this defense never got turnovers. We were, you know, we had Mike Nolan sitting there up in the press box with his feet up in the box. I think that was the first year we started this this podcast. Oh yeah, I totally I wiped that from my memory. That was dope, man. Um, we. Have come so far. I was gonna say in a variety of ways with this podcast, but BetterHelp should have been banging down our door to get a promotional sponsorship because that was just a therapy session after a therapy session with the stuff that that happened that year. And your hair was so long. It was very long. It was very long. I kind of miss it. In a way, I kind of miss it. Bring it back. I should bring it back for the summertime. Just I, I, I'm not a hat guy all the time, but when I had the long hair, man, I felt like Alec Baum for a lot of summer. Good times. Um, last two things. One, I, I mentioned already with Dak. 
I truly don't know what's going to happen here, right? Oh. They either have to extend him this offseason, bring that $60 million cap hit down, which probably what they're going to do. But there is real talk that they're going to let this thing ride this last year. They do not have the ability to tag him. It's in the contract. And all rumblings are if they do that, like they may be playing with arrogant dice where they feel like we'll let it ride out. We'll get it done if he's, you know, playing at the level he was playing at again this season, either during the season or after. But there is real talk that if he hits the open market, he's gone. I I am sure of one thing, Kevin, and it's that the Cowboys will let it ride out so that we all have to deal with it the entire summer long. And then we will hear about it from now as soon as the confetti falls in the Super Bowl and everyone gets their Chiefs 49ers, Taylor Swift takes off, we will go straight into Dak Prescott watch. And I can't think of anything less, even as the host of the podcast of Verser's Voice, that I want to talk about than that contract extension. Because it's just, it'll be endless. I know. So, uh, I, I mean, if they if they let it ride all season, I mean, they're playing with, with brass balls. <laughs> uh, but I, I know for a fact that Steven and, and Jerry don't want to go back to that quote-unquote QB purgatory that they had in the 2000s with, I said it last week, Quincy Carter and Drew Henson and Drew Bledsoe and Vinny Testaverde and Goats. I mean, who knows? You don't know what you have in Trey Lance, right? He's still sitting back there. I think they'll be getting. I think they'll be cutting Cooper Rush, and Trey Lance will be the the bona fide QB two next season. So, I mean, who who's the quarterback in the draft this year that's younger than or a day older than Trey Lance? Uh, Penix, I think. I think it's Penix. Yeah, yeah. Who I like? Yeah, I do too. Um, do you know the two longest? I guess teams that have not drafted a quarterback in the first long first round for the longest. I know it's the Cowboys because Dak was fourth round. Uh huh. Cowboys are second longest. First, this is this is a phenomenal question. This is a great question. Is it this? Is it the Seahawks? No, but it does start with an S. Saints. Archie Manning was the last quarterback they took in the first round. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Insane. 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 So explains a lot. <laughs> we'll we'll see what they do. But my last point here with the Cowboys is it's it's senior bowl week. Um shout out to somebody we know got down there. Um but what do the Cowboys brass like to do once these things come? They like to talk, right? That's that's what they do. Now we know that they're on the radio every week. However, they have not been on once, either of them, since the season ended. Their Perfect. contract obligations end when the Cowboys season ends, but they usually both come on and do like a end-of-the-season wrap-up. Neither of them did that this year, so we have not heard anything publicly from either of them. But now Steven and Jerry are at the Senior Bowl talking about Dak will take us as far as Dak will take us, blah, blah, blah. But, and, and you know, they understand why the fan base is is so frustrated and, and this and that. But the one thing that is a, is a talking point, and I'm not going to believe it until I see it, 
and I can't see it until, what, March, is that how all in they're going to go on this season. Um, they're going to dive into the deep end of free agency and trades and the draft, and we'll see. I mean, you're also $11 million over the salary cap as of right now. <laughs> So I was going to say, didn't we just talk about the $60 million cap hit that the quarterback has? You're going all in on free agency. I feel like there's an elephant in the room that we might need to figure out first. And listen, all power to them if they do, but it seems like there are things to figure out beforehand, and they're going to have to. I wonder uh, wonder what they do at running back. I wonder, uh, we'll talk about linebackers at nauseum, so we don't have to do that tonight. But yeah, there's positions to tackle. You're going to hear all about that, too, is Derrick Henry's working out in Dallas. Isn't he from Texas? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm Julio Jones wore a cowboy sweatshirt in the airport once. And he's an eagle. How that went. <laughs> now he's an eagle. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, glimmer of hope. Dreams that turned into nightmares, Aiden. That's, that's, that's a, we I are got. we are just a glimmer of hope podcast. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. We're like we you and I are the girls who show up on the bachelor and there's one guy and you have like a 0.05% chance of getting chosen as the bachelor. And yet we go in and you're like, well, he might choose me or vice versa. There's 35 guys who show up for the one bachelorette. That's us. Just a glimmer of hope. And yep. guess in, what? And never in get the background. Just. <sighs> but I will say one big glimmer of reality lately has been all of you watching and listening um, subscribing to our YouTube. The numbers have been flying. Um, we appreciate you watching. We appreciate your commenting on the shorts. Um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, <laughs> we are very anti-religion, as you can see. Just two anti-religious guys with a glimmer of hope talking football, Aiden. That, uh, I don't mean to derail this because that was serious, and I'm super appreciative of everybody who's commented and followed and subscribed and as it continues to build. Cause that's fantastic to see the person who was like, uh, two guys who hate religion and love talking about football. I was like, that's the best compliment you've ever given me into my entire life. <laughs> you off, didn't off mean it that way, but it was off literally a short that we were talking about something that someone else talked about. Yeah. We, we explained someone else's analogy for a mega church. That wasn't even ours. <laughs> But we do appreciate everybody. Yes. Thank you for subscribing. Yes. If you have not yet, if it's your first time watching on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. If you are listening wherever you listen to podcasts right now, YouTube, Spotify, Google, uh, if you want to see our smiling faces, head over to our YouTube page, Birds vs. Boys Pod. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well, Birds vs. Boys Pod. That's where you'll get all of our funny memes on Twitter, and you'll be able to see all the shorts and the reels on Instagram. Our, our people in the background, shout out 15M, doing, doing all those nice Instagram reels for us. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we will be here throughout the Super Bowl all of free agency, tons and tons of draft content. If you have players that you're interested in, chances are we will be breaking them down. So don't go anywhere. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Birds vs. Boys is not only for lonely Cowboys fans and miserable Eagles fans. We are here for all football fans, Aiden. I think you put that pretty well. Hey, we talked 30 minutes about four other teams before we ever got to our team today. We covered a lot of, a lot of ground. Beheadings, mm-hmm. NFC, AFC Championship. Taylor Swift, got it all. A little bit of something for everybody. That's how we like it. 
Can't wait for draft talk. Can't wait for free agency. There's always a glimmer of hope. You enjoy Tampa, my friend. Make sure you hit up Mike Tag, and uh, well, I'll let you know how the 51st state of the union is. All right. Enjoy Puerto Rico, baby. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yeah. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is- the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.